humans, Fruity here. Another episode of Fruity's Ultimate Game Show. I am your host, uh, Fruity, at Fruity is Alex on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at WrestleOzStyle on Instagram and Twitter. Search up WrestlingOzStyle on Facebook. And with me at this time is the head honcho of the World Wrestling Federation in our little beautiful fantasy fun factory world. I am Chris Thunder on Twitter. Chris, how are you doing, man? Yes, it's like talking to myself. If you are also at I am Chris Thunder. I didn't say that, did I? Uh, it's all good. I didn't say that. I said, I said at I am Chris Thunder for you, didn't I? Yes. I, uh, I just got the joke. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, I'm a tired boy today. I just did some gym stuff, and it's not a common occurrence for me, so... <laughs> yeah, soon I'll be calling you Fitbox. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> um, so, uh, do you want to go over either what happened last month, or do you want to go over what twist you got? Yeah, I can do a bit of both. Go for it. Okie dokie then. So, last month, we at the WWF had SummerSlam from Wrigley Field in Chicago, Illinois, USA. Uh, start off with an impromptu tag team match where Immortal, Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle were defeated by Antonio Inoki and Shushin Fundaliga. And also on the kickoff portion, Alicia Fox and Caitlin, and in no contest as Wendy Richter ran in. Uh, pay-per-view portion saw the saw Terry Funk retain his Hardcore Championship against X Pac in a Chicago street fight where they brawled around the outside of the stadium. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat retained his Light Heavyweight Championship against the mystery opponent of Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, Andre the Giant retained his European Championship, absolutely battering Jake the Snake Roberts after a snake attack on Raw leading into SummerSlam. In the Tag Team Championship match, the Road Warriors, the new champions, retained against the team of the Briscoes. Uh, Co-main event saw Brie Bella, the new champion, retain against Kelly Kelly, and as Kelly Kelly lost, Brie now has in place a one-and-done rule for the entire women's division. And in our main event, a winner-take-all last-man-standing match between WWF World Heavyweight Champion Booker T and WWF Intercontinental Champion Bret Hart. Bret Hart ended up winning to become a dual champion. Yeah, that's um, that's a hell of a card, man. Yeah, um... and the little twist I got was I didn't get anything last week which is good but i get an extra twist drawn against me this week oh that's what you got um quickly putting you on the spot do you have the twists that were drawn like even by me written down yes um can you verify if it was a no-show card or if it was a wellness violation card that i got 
No show. No show. All right, cool. Um, yeah, last last episode, WCW had war games, two rings to rule them all. Um, yeah, we had Lita shockingly lose her women's title to Beth Phoenix. Um, the West Texas Rednecks had a six-man tag match against the Big Boss Man and the Freebirds with the Wed- uh, with the Rednecks getting the win there. Immediately afterwards, we had Randy Savage versus Kurt Hennig in a West Texas bull rope match for the hardcore title, and Macho Man won that one. But uh, uh, thanks to the help of a masked man, but after the match, the masked man attacked Randy Savage. Uh, it was revealed that the masked man was Ron Simmons, who pins Randy Savage and is now your hardcore champion. Um, what else do we have here? Trish Stratus versus Melina, with Trish getting a clean win over Melina. The Dudley boys beat the Rock and Roll Express. Eddie Guerrero... Lost to DDP in a very back and forth classic matchup, I imagine. Um, Yokozuna versus the Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Warrior got the win there. After the match, there was some more mysterious shenanigans with uh, Mr. Fuji was in a shark cage for that match as well. And Mr. Fuji was bleeding through the shark cage after the lights went out. Um, and there was a crow perched on the shark cage. That's right. Um, the Wild Samoans versus Rick Rude and Mankind question mark ended up being the Wild Samoans versus Rick Rude and Dude Love, the new tag team of the Rude Dudes. And the Rude Dudes got a big win there. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin beat Hulk Hogan. And then we had the War Games main event, the NWO versus the Four Horsemen, with the NWO getting a win there after a shocking, or not shocking, depending on who I've spoken to, like a fair few people picked it, uh, betrayal on the Four Horsemen by Edge, and... He ends up spearing Lita, which forces Ric Flair to surrender for his team. And Beth, Phoenix, and Edge are revealed to be a couple and a part of the NWO. And we also got a teaser in the post-credits as well. But I, I can't be bothered recapping that. You just have to go back and listen to it. It's I, I loved that so much. <laughs> Fair enough, my man. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so from there, uh, WWF is going first this week. Uh, WCW is going second. So without further ado, I think we should get started. In your eye! Terrible. <laughs> so we are building up to the September pay-per-view WWF payback from the AT&T Center in San Antonio, Texas. Um, I do have very brief notes for Raw this month because where I was building initially, I've had to rewrite a lot of this over and over and over again. (laughs) So, yeah, like I said, very brief notes this month. Um, 
Week one, Indianapolis, Indiana. So we have the Road Warriors come out during Raw and they're celebrating in the ring after attaining the championships in Chicago. Uh, when they are interrupted by the Bushwhackers, who do their usual stick walking around ringside, licking people's heads, they climb in the ring and they just sort of stare down at the Road Warriors and then motion around their waist as if to signal they want a future title shot and then leave. So it seems we may have a match set up for the pay-per-view. Uh, following that, we saw Jack Briscoe call out Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Both men shake hands and agree to a light heavyweight title match at the pay-per-view. And that's all I have for Raw for week one. Okay, very good. Yeah, uh, when we get after the pay-per-view, I'll explain um, some of the things that I did have planned here. Um, we did touch on it on that something to fancy book with. Yeah, we'll uh, talk about that at the end of this episode, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, full disclosure, I finished writing my show only a few hours ago. And for some reason, I was having writer's block and I didn't start writing the show until, like, the night before this recording. So... This has been one of the most last-minute sort of booking things I've done. And whilst my shows aren't anywhere near as short as that, it might be some of the shortest TV shows I've written as well. Um, yeah, so week one of Nitro heading towards NWO sold out because the NWO earned the right for their own pay-per-view. These four weeks are coming from a time-transported soundstage 21 from Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. This is the new home for Nitro. This is the Nitro Zone. <laughs> TNA, TNA. Um, TNA, TNA. <laughs> so, What's next? Uh, the Thunder Asylum? I'm hoping that you take the Thunderdome. <laughs> um, all right, so week one, we kick off with footage from earlier in the day. The WCW ring crew are setting up the brand new Nitro Zone. All six members of the NWO threaten all the staff with violence and pay off the staff to set up the Nitro Zone to their standards. Sean looks at the camera and says, we're on the road to the first ever NWO pay-per-view, so it's only fair we have our own show to promote it. We cut to the live arena, and we have a black and white NWO ring. All WCW logos on the Nitro set have been knocked down and replaced with NWO logos. This truly is a never-before-seen version of Nitro. But all of a sudden, the Four Horsemen music plays. And out come the NWO. They are all in ill-fitting suits. Kevin Nash is dressed as Arn Anderson. Hall is Tully. Sean is Flair. Is wearing a comically large fake nose. Goldberg and Edge aren't wearing costumes, but Beth Phoenix has a red wig on and is dressed as Lita. Outsiders and Michaels all cut promos, hyping up their title matches at sold out. Oh, by the way, this will be a long little segment 
long promo thing. Um, yeah. Uh, Edge gets the mic and says that everyone fell for it. He says he joined the horseman with the sole intent of destroying it from the inside out. So he rekindled his relationship with Lita, used her love for Edge to get her to become close with Flair and become a liability for Flair. The truth is, if I could shoot for a minute, him and Beth have been in love and they've been in love for a long time. They've even, they're even married. Uh, Beth says that she was, he- she was hesitant at first about his plan, but look at the gold around her waist. Clearly, it was all worth it. Edge gets interrupted by the music of the Wex. Ah, uh, sorry. Edge gets interrupted by the music of the West Texas Rednecks. Barry Windham comes out and cuts a promo on Edge. He says he knew Edge would be the downfall of the Horsemen. He also knew it was Edge that convinced the Horsemen to put a restraining order on Windham. But guess what? You're not a Horseman anymore, and the Horsemen don't exist anymore. That makes the restraining order of me against the horsemen invalid. The Rednecks have their choice of any member to challenge for the US title, and Kurt chose me. So I've bided my time, and now it's time to strike. It's sold out. It's Wyndham versus Edge for the US title. And after I get... And after I get back the title I got screwed out of, Anderson, Blanchard, and Flair better watch out because you're next. You're next, you say? All of a sudden, Goldberg sprints down the ramp and spears Wyndham. Sean announces that tonight it'll be Sean and Edge versus Flair and Wyndham. Massive segment to kick off, but I don't have too many segments that long. Main Jane is backstage with Miss Elizabeth, who announces that tonight we will kick off a huge 16-man tournament that will conclude at our November pay-per-view, The Clash of the Champions. The winner of the tournament will be the number one contender for the world title at Starcade in December. There will be two qualifying matches on each episode before sold out, uh, where the quarterfinals will take place. At Halloween Havoc, we will then have the semi-final matches. And then in November, at Clash of the Champions, the final will take place. The qualifying round of the tournament kicks off with Kerry Von Erich, the Texas Tornado, versus Goldberg. Unfortunately for the Texas Tornado, the match ends in less than a minute after an immediate spear and a jackhammer by Goldberg. Backstage, we see Ron Simmons get ambushed by the members of the Savage Posse. Sensational Sherry informs them that every member of the Savage Posse will be in the number one contender tournament, so the odds are in their favour. But if both Randy and Ron Simmons win their qualifying matches, then their hardcore title match at Sold Out will also be a quarterfinal tournament match. Savage says, see, it isn't so. Savage then picks up Simmons and pile drives him on the concrete in the parking lot and says, I doubt he'll make it to sold out. 
Qualifying match two is between DDP and the Honky Tonk Man. This is a 10-minute match, but DDP gets the win with the Diamond Cutter, and it will be DDP versus Goldberg in the quarterfinal that's sold out. Uh, We get Jesse Ventura, who announces it's sold out. We will have the official contract signing. Oh, sorry. Uh, Scratch that. We get Jesse Ventura, who announces that it's sold out. We will announce the biggest acquisition to a professional wrestling company in the history of wrestling. One of the biggest movie stars in the world who is crossing over to professional wrestling and joining WCW. Uh, We get a special segment. It's The Love Shack with your host, Dude Love. Dude brings in his partner, Rick Rude, who is a special guest. They talk about how they hope to take the tag division by storm and end up dancing with some ladies. A couple of fun-loving guys. Um... The Dudley boys cut a promo about how they keep getting screwed out of a shot at the tag titles. and They have spoken to Elizabeth and they will face the winner of the Outsiders versus the Brain Busters at Halloween Havoc. We get a medical update from Lita who has a neck injury, but she promises she will be back for a title match against Beth Phoenix. It's sold out. And main event time, it's Shawn Michaels and Edge versus Barry Windham and Ric Flair. There's a heap of bickering back and forth between Windham and Flair. And the finish comes when Windham and Flair are arguing over who the legal man is. And Windham pushes Flair into a spear by Edge, who gets the clean win. After the match, the Outsiders and Goldberg come down and beat down Windham and Flair. But the Brain Busters, Arne Anderson and Tully Blanchard, make the save eventually. All four original horsemen look at each other, and Flair puts the four fingers up. But Barry Windham flips off Flair, and the Brain Busters shake their heads and leave. Ten Nitro. Week two, WWF. Wow. Yeah. Like I said, uh, not very much uh, jogged down. So we go to Nashville, Tennessee, which sees Terry Funk defending his hard, hardcore title against Jake the Snake Roberts in a hard-hitting affair. They brawl all around the arena, as you imagine. Crash cans get thrown. They spill down the stairs. At one point, Terry's teetering on a balcony, but dodges an attack and doesn't fall. Um, all the way back down to the ring, Terry goes to grab... Black Velvet Bag, Jake tries for a schoolboy, but is reversed into a schoolboy, and Terry Funk wins. Love it. I need to incorporate some balcony action in my shows as well, so thanks for the idea. Yeah, just get <laughs> Kota Ibushi at uh, Sumo Hall. Oh, who knows? If I win R Block, I might get New Jack to jump off some balconies. Oh, man. Um, Later in the night, we see Immortal challenge two locals, but a miscommunication leads to a shocking loss and more pushing, be- more pushing and shoving between Jeff and Kurt, with Deborah trying to calm down Kurt. Uh, in the main event segment, we see Bret Hart, uh, along with Jim DeAnvil Nightheart, celebrating in the ring. Now he's a double champion and is confronted by 
The American dream, if you will. Dust the roads, baby. Love it. Who challenges him to a world uh, to a world heavyweight championship match at the pay-per-view as we go off the air for week two. Awesome. Yeah, like I said, I had a <laughs> a lot I had to rewrite for this week in particular. The other weeks haven't been as bad. This is where it all <laughs> fell apart on me. This is where it all came crashing down. Yeah. It, 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 after so many shots, I think I was, yeah, mortally wounded, just limping along, and this is, <laughs> this is it. Yeah. Yeah, well... Fingers crossed. Like I've had, I've had a couple of times where I've needed to rewrite, but honestly, I've been sort of let off a little bit from the twist. Thankfully, um, Nitro week two. Nitro kicks off with another qualifying match. This time, it's action from the other side of the bracket. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Michael Hayes. After five minutes, Austin gets the win with a huge uh, with a huge stunner. We'll find out his opponent in the quarterfinals that sold out later tonight. Uh, Randy Savage, av- oh, sorry, Randy Savage appears via satellite with Sensational Sherry by his side. He announces that he's currently on the set of Spider Man, filming his parts. As Bonesaw. Um, don't question the timeline of some of these pop culture references I'm making this month. Technically, none of it makes sense, but let me just do it. <laughs> he says he loves Hollywood and has even made some new friends in Tinseltown. Next week, he will be having his qualifying match and he prays that Ron Simmons will win his qualifier next week as well because he can't wait to beat him for the hardcore title and beat Ron to get on his way to become the number one contender and unify the world title with the hardcore title and become the hardcore rap god of the world. Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard quickly beat some locals, and after the match, they cut a promo saying that we told Rick not to trust Edge and his bitch. Look what happened. Tully says that we don't need the Horsemen to be a dominant team because it's sold out. The Brain Busters will once again be World Tag Team Champion. Um, it's another episode of The Love Shack. This time, the Rude Dudes demonstrate their tag team chemistry by guessing each other's answers to questions on the Newly Dudes game. Uh, just some more fun. Fun-loving guys. Uh, we one get... of the answers, when I saw my partner, I thought, Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know what? That's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> if you have no idea what we're talking about, humans, uh, Google search is like Daniel Bryan and Derek Bateman playing the... Uh, I, it's like some game where they guess people's answers to questions on like NXT season two or three or something like that. Very yeah. funny. Very funny. <laughs> One of the things is, oh, what did you want to be when you grow up? 
and they both correctly guessed that Derek Bateman would write the lethal weapon Steve Blackman. I wanted to be the next Steve Blackman. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's so funny. Um anyway, Sorry. moving on. Sorry, that no that that's a good segue. That's a good tangent. That's fun stuff. We get another qualifying match between the big boss man and Kevin Von Erich, with boss man getting the win after eight minutes with the boss man slam. It'll be the big boss man versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's sold out in the quarterfinal of the number one contender tournament. Via satellite from her home, we see a battered leader cutting another promo on Beth Phoenix. She talks about how War Games was the worst night of her life. She lost her title, lost who she thought was the love of her life, and almost lost her career. Then last week on Nitro, she finds out that she was merely a pawn in Edge's game of trying to get to the top of the industry. She says that it's sold out. It's not about the title anymore. It's about revenge. She'll do whatever it takes to inflict as much pain on Beth as Beth and Edge have put Lita through. Uh, then the main event segment, Ric Flair arrives in a limo all by himself, but he gets jumped by the entire NWO. Out of nowhere, Barry Windham comes out and starts attacking Edge. NWO gets the upper hand again, but the Brain Busters come out and run the NWO off with some uh, metal pipes. The original four horsemen are left alone in the parking lot. Barry Windham, then he just can't control himself anymore, and he starts attacking Flair. Arn tries to separate the two, but Tully just shakes his head and walks away to end Nitro. So that's probably the shortest Nitro I've ever ridden, but it's still long by normal person's standards. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, WWF, week three. Yeah, so week three, New Orleans, Louisiana. We have Deborah explained that she's spoken to the executive board and they and that they have given Immortal a tag team match at the pay-per-view, but there seems to be unease in the locker room about who's the leader. Um, also, Alundra Braze makes... Where are we? Alundra Braze makes her return after being attacked at Raw a number of months ago. She said she's cleared to compete on... She's cleared to compete at Payback and will address who attacked her after the match on Sunday. In the main event, Andre the Giant receives an almost hometown welcome as he's as he's in as he's in a part of French America. Sorry, I wrote that as French Canada. <laughs> yeah. But as he's celebrating in the ring, he is confronted by Roddy Piper, who says Andre should be ashamed of appealing to the Americans asking if he's forgotten his European roots. Love it. <laughs> and that concludes week three, man. Yeah, like, like I've said here, there's a lot that I had to rewrite. That's <laughs> all good, man. You don't have to keep apologising. It's all good. Yeah, I think, um, I think it's going to be four straight weeks of Nitro here in the, uh, the old ratings. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's all right, man. I, I was actually worried that I was going to take a battering this month because, honestly, I didn't put as much effort as I have in previous months into the television. All my effort this month has been in the pay-per-view. Um, Nitro Week 3 kicks off with another Starcade number 1 contender qualifier. Ron Simmons and Ricky Morton have a five-minute match, but ultimately Simmons is way too strong for Morton. Gets the win with the Dominator. After the match, Simmons helps Morton up and shakes Ricky's hand. But the big boss man and macho man come out and attack both men. Robert Gibson comes out for the save. And coincidentally, Randy Savage and Robert Gibson have a qualifying match starting right now. Uh, Macho Man versus Robert Gibson goes eight minutes and the finish comes when Sherry comes out, distracts the referee, and Boss Man levels Gibson with the nightstick. Macho climbs up, hits the big elbow drop on Gibson for the win, and now it's official. Simmons versus Macho Man in the quarterfinals, it's sold out, and the hardcore title will be on the line. Uh, uh, Shawn Michaels comes out for a promo with Goldberg by his side. Shawn says that he idolized Flair when he broke into the business, but you learn, cl- but you learn quickly never to meet your heroes because Flair is a bitter, sad, and jealous old man. He's just trying to keep a grip on whatever relevancy he has left in this business. After sold out, it will be one and done for Flair, and at Starcade at the end of the year. It will be an all-NWO main event after Goldberg wins the number one contender tournament. Oh, and trust me, Big Bill knows exactly what to do when the time comes. I have a few extra zeros waiting for him. As for you, Flair, as far as I'm concerned, we've already beaten you physically and mentally. So the win is a certainty, and your career will be as dead as that other 80s has been whose career I killed, brother. Flair runs out, and he is enraged, taking it to both men, but Goldberg and Sean get the upper hand. But out of nowhere, DDP slides in. He hits the diamond cutter on Sean and a diamond cutter on Goldberg. Miss Elizabeth comes out and announces next week the main event will be Sean and Goldberg versus Flair and DDP. Um, Barry Windham and the Honky Tonk Man versus the Wild Samoans. Windham and Honky win by DQ after Edge runs in and spears Windham and runs away. It's another edition of the Love Shack. This time the rude dudes have bought each other gifts. Dude Love bought Rick Rude a fancy new suit, and Rick Rude bought Dude Love a gigantic lava lamp. A group of ladies joined them on stage and danced with them once again. Oh, they love having fun. Uh, we get another qualifying match in the tournament. This time it's Terry Gordy versus the returning Rikishi, who's been away for a little bit for a few weeks now. A uh, 15-minute hard-hitting match. Rikishi gets the win with the Rikishi driver and qualifies for the quarterfinals at sold out and will face the winner of the final qualifier next week. So, um, yeah, sorry, just lost my spot. Uh, Beth Phoenix cuts a promo about how pathetic Leader is. 
she's a poor example for all young women watching Nitro. The way she lets herself get used by men is disgusting. It's sold out. I will demonstrate how pathetic you are by once again quickly beating you, and then I will go home with the love of your life and show him what a real woman is. Main event time. The Outsiders have a non-title match against the Dudley Boys after 20 minutes of heavy back-and-forth action. The finish comes when Arn Anderson runs down, distracts the ref, and Tully Blanchard levels Kevin Nash with a roll of quarters. Dudley's then hit a three-day on Nash to get the win. After the match, the Brain Busters continue their assault on the Outsiders, but Edge comes out to even up the odds, but Barry Windham stops Edge on the rampway. Shawn Michaels tries to come in as well, but Flair stops Michaels. Nitro ends with all four of the original horsemen standing tall over the NWO. Uh, WWF, week four. Yeah. Week four. Oh, boy. Uh, starting off in Austin, Texas, we see the New Age Outlaws uh, talking, saying they hear that there's going to be a showdown taking place at the Alamo this Sunday at high noon. Um, going on to later in the match, um, Commissioner Jim Barnett confirms most of the matches for the pay-per-view, so we have uh, a mortal in a tag team match, Alundra Blaze in a match, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Jack Briscoe, Andre the Giant versus Rowdy Roddy Piper, the Road Warriors versus the Bushwhackers, and Bret Hart versus Dusty Rhodes only for the World Heavyweight Championship. The Intercontinental Championship's not on the line there. Um, going into the main event segment of Raw, like I've said, I've had to cut out a lot of this stuff. Brie defends her championship against a local wrestler. After a quick victory, she claims there is no competition, which leads to Jacqueline making her return. Calls herself Texas Strong and says she's spoken to the executive board and a match has been made for Sunday before calling Brie bitch and attacking her. As we go off the air, the two women are pulled apart by security. Love it. Um, yeah, like, it is short, but still very good. Um, WCW Week 4, Nitro kicks off with another episode of The Love Shack. The rude dudes come out with a group of ladies and then say that they want to continue climbing up the tag ranks at Sold Out. They challenge any tag team to a match on Sunday. Out of nowhere, the Freebirds sneak attack the Rude Dudes. They hit a double powerbomb on Rude through a table on the set. And Michael Hayes smashes the massive lava lamp over Dude Love's head. The Freebirds then destroy the Love Shack set. And Hayes grabs the mic and accepts their challenge to a match it sold out. Uh, we get the final qualifying match of the tournament. It's a rematch from War Games. It's Yokozuna versus the Ultimate Warrior. This is a lot more one-sided than their pay-per-view match. Perhaps Yoko is still feeling the effects from the pay-per-view. After about five minutes, 
behind the referee's back, Mr. Fuji throws salt in Yoko's eyes. Quite ironic if you know their history. And Warrior rolls up Yoko for the win. After the match, Warrior continues the assault and is about to wrap the chair around Yoko's ankle, but Rikishi runs down for the save. Commentators remind us that last month on Nitro, Warrior did that exact move to Rikishi and it put Rikishi out for weeks. But this Sunday, Rikishi finally gets his chance at revenge against the Warrior in the quarterfinal match at Sold Out. Beth Phoenix squashes the local and cuts another scathing promo on Lita, but Lita's music hits and Lita is finally back here in the Nitro Zone. Lita has a chair in hand and hits Beth over the head with it. She then wraps the chair around Beth's neck and is about to hit a twist of fate with the chair wrapped around her neck, but Beth escapes and retreats with her title. Randy Savage and the Big Boss Man are in the ring with Sherry. Savage cuts a promo about how Simmons is an ingrate, who Savage is responsible for supporting Simmons and taking him out of the gutter, but Simmons repays him by taking his title. uh, Savage says that on Sunday, he's going to make front-page headlines all over the world, and he isn't going to let Simmons get in the way of that. He also says that the boss man will make quick work out of Austin and boss man will face Savage in the final of the tournament and boss man is smart enough to know to lay down for me in the tournament final and let me win the tournament. But Ron Simmons runs down and attacks Savage but boss man gets the best of Simmons but the glass shatters and it's stone cold. He evens up the odds. Miss Elizabeth comes out and makes a tag team match player. Uh, Austin and Simmons versus Savage and Bossman. Ten-minute match with Simmons and Austin dominating the majority of the match. Sherry gets the referee's attention. And Bossman throws his nutstick to Savage, who lays out Simmons for the pinfall win. A pissed-off Simmons and Austin angrily look on as Savage, Bossman, and Sherry celebrate up the ramp. The Brain Busters come out to the ring to cut a promo on the Outsiders, but the Outsiders come out of the crowd and attack the Brain Busters. Kevin Nash hits a jackknife powerbomb on Arn on the concrete floor, and the Outsiders hit a spike pile driver on the floor to Tully. They spray-paint NWO on the Brain Busters. Barry Windham comes out to try to make the save, but the numbers are just too great for him, and Edge runs down and spears Windham. Edge hits a huge concerto on Windham, and the three members of the NWO stand tall. It's main event time. Goldberg and Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair and DDP. Ten-minute match. Finish comes when Goldberg and DDP are brawling on the outside, and DDP hits a diamond cutter on Goldberg through an announce table. Flair has Michaels in the figure four in the middle of the ring. Sean's about to tap out, but the Outsiders and Edge come out and attack Flair for the DQ. Sean and the Outsiders are assaulting Flair in the ring, and Edge and Goldberg double-team DDP. Goldberg repeatedly spears DDP, and DDP's bleeding from the mouth. 
Commentators speculate that Goldberg may have broken DDP's ribs. All five NWO guys end up taking turns of beating up Flair, who's now a bloody mess. Nitro ends with the NWO standing tall and Flair and DDP bloody messes with the NWO spray-painted on their backs to end Nitro. Lots of heat, brother. Heat? That's coming up next. There's your segue. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so TV's all done. Let's go to the pay-per-views themselves. Uh, kicking off things for WWF is payback from the AT&T Center in San Antonio, Texas. On the heat portion, we see a video of Jesse James and Billy Gunn outside the Alamo saying, a war has been started. And it's well past high noon. We see your yellow hick at bottom. If you, if you won't come to us, then we'll fire the first shot in this war here. <laughs> this is all I wanted. Thank you. <laughs> you know the reference I'm making. Uh, the Alamo and all that. Yeah. You know yeah. where it connects to wrestling, though. San Antonio. Don't you know? Oh. Okay. What was James and Gunn's name in TNA? It wasn't the New Age Outlaws, it was. The Voodoo Kin Mafia? Yes. And do you remember when they cut a promo at the Alamo? Levesque, here could bottom. We're calling you out this Sunday at the Alamo. Oh, I forgot all about that promo. Oh, my God. That old stuff didn't even lead to anything. Oh, that was so ridiculous, but so awesome at the same time. Yeah, for, yep, completely forgot about that stuff. So, bravo. <laughs> I, I might actually go back and watch some of that stuff tonight. It's very funny. Yeah. Well, seeing our TNA today putting on Steiner promo, <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying laughing me head off. Yeah. Take your 33 and a third percent chance. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, move on to the matches. Opening match. Because it couldn't happen last month, we have Alicia Fox versus Caitlin. After their no contest last month when Wendy Richter ran in. There's extra security around the ring. The two women are back and forth, back and forth. They fall over the top rope, out by the guardrail. There's a masked woman in a hoodie who jumps the guardrail and attacks both women. My God, it's Wendy Richter. <laughs> Love it. And she pulled, as she pulls her hood off, both women are laid out. The referee waves it off as a no contest, and she escapes through the crowd again as Jim Barnett is on the rampway, waving for security and referees to capture her. Still oh, continuing this angle where she couldn't get a rematch, so she's taken out Paige, and now she keeps taking out Alicia and Caitlin, who are in contention. <laughs> uh, second match on Heat was the Immortals tag team match against their surprise opponent, the Funks. Referee showing a lot of leeway here, as it's just a bloodbath with all four men busted open. Um... Back and forth, back and forth. Again, Deborah's 
on the apron, sort of trying to distract the ref. But Terry flings Kurt into her. And there's a blind tag. As Jared gets in the ring, he's calling for the guitar from Deborah. And he's calling and calling. And he turns around. And Deborah's on the floor with Kurt attending to her. Turns back around. Terry gets in. Spinning toe hold. There was a blind tag to Dory into the cloverleaf. And he submits. <laughs> the Funks defeat a mortal. Love it. Post-match, there's more dissension between them as Jeff is angry that Kurt was attending to Deborah and that Deborah was on the apron. So much so, they just go, nah, and walks off, leaving the two there alone. Oh, great. Love it. Pay-per-view portion. Go to match three of the card, Alundra Blaze versus a local talent. It's a quick nothing match where Alundra gets the easy win in under a minute. As she grabs a microphone, she's talking to the crowd saying, thank you all for the well wishes. But as she goes to turn around, the camera's zoomed in on her and out of nowhere, she gets attacked from behind. Oh my God, it's a debuting Bull Meccano. Love it. I was hoping that would be the case. I've been, I've been dying for her to show up. Alundra completely laid out here as Bull is just laying waste as the bell continues to ring and the referees can't seem to pull the two women apart. Yeah. Uh, yep, cut that... to us. Sorry. Oh, that's just the perfect feud for Bull Nakano to kick kick off her run. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, following that, we had the Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defending his light heavyweight championship against Jack Briscoe. Um, good back and forth match here, but Jack sort of gets worn out quicker as he's cut weight to make this match, and Ricky gets a surprise win after a top rope dive into a crossbody. Uh, follow- Sorry. Following that, we had the Andre the Giant European Championship match defending against Rowdy Roddy Piper. Andre comes down to the ring, championship over his shoulder, usual. Um, Andre entrance. Piper's got this unique entrance. He's wearing his kilt and there's bagpipes and oh my god, he's got a claymore. <laughs> he's got a big old claymore on him, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the match is sort of nothing as Andre again batters around the smaller man into submission before just lazily pinning him with the foot of his boot. Bloody hell. There's an announcement package for our next pay-per-view. October, we'll see No Mercy from the Sprint Center in Kansas City, Missouri in the USA. Love it. Yeah. I think I've already been there for a Raw. I was in Kansas City, Kansas. I can't remember which side of the border I said I was. That's all right. They do they do that stuff all the time. At least yeah. when they did travel places. Um, yeah, that's the thing I was worried about doing. So that's why I keep my nitros in the same place. <laughs> yeah, looking in hindsight, maybe I should have taken that approach. Yeah. It's just lazy, but it's nice. Yeah. Well, I've gone from the old picking a 
uh, arena every show to just picking a city and then an arena for a pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, top three matches of the night. We saw the Road Warriors with Paul Allering, the champions, uh, the WWF tag team champions defending against the Bushwhackers. Sort of a nothing match here where Paul is calling all the shots for the Road Warriors. The Bushwhackers seem a bit lost here at sea and eventually Butch gets called out in a doomsday device as the Road Warriors win. Uh, just to break there for a moment, which one's the one, uh, like, when they did the Hall of Fame, had the walking sticks? Was it Butch? Yeah, it was Butch. Oh, no, I feel bad now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, um, Luke lives in Florida, but Butch lives in New Zealand. I literally heard a podcast today about and they were talking about what the bushwhackers are up to these days it was actually uh brian myers and matt cardona talking about it because brian myers just got some vintage bushwhackers action figures and he wants to get it signed by both guys so speaking of those guys just for a very very brief moment because i forgot to bring this up on the wrap do those guys in Edge and Christian still get along? Because like, they're both podcasty type guys, and Edge and Christian are sort of comedy and they're sort of figures. Do they get along at all in the podcast world? Oh, yeah. They're like Edge is like Hawkins and Ryder, Ryder's like legit mentor because of the whole Edgeheads thing when Hawkins and Ryder like were part of. La Familia with Edge in like 08, 09 and they were all dressed up as Edge. Do you re- oh, you might not have been watching at the time. I'm familiar with it. Yeah. And like uh, Christian loves making fun of Zack Ryder but like they're, they're all like buddy-buddy. Uh, fair enough. I wasn't 100% sure there. Uh, Like, if it was a case of where they were good friends on screen, bad friends off screen. Yeah, like, um, Edge and Christian both love to talk about how much they love Brian Myers and then say something mean about Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder. But, like, they just do that because it's fun to do to (laughs) Matt Cardona because he takes himself pretty seriously sometimes. Yeah, what is he? No days... Off or uh, something. Or always ready. Oh. Mr. No Days Mr. No Days off is uh Darren Young, Fred Rosser. Yeah, he's a good wrestler. Yeah. Where'd that come from? Uh we we need to talk about that more on a rap sometime. Yeah, he, oh it's because he's on New Japan Strong. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Bushwhackers tangent. <laughs> You're yeah, welcome. Well. Oi, yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't be licking people's heads anymore. No. <laughs> Didn't they lick? Oh, uh, well, I'm here now. Didn't they lick like the wrestlers' heads when they did their Hall of Fame entrance? Like, yeah. The people who sit front row and that. Yeah. It's um also like really jarring to go back and watch some of their matches and they're just licking kids in the crowd. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, I get it. It was, like, kind of fun and all that back then. But, like, yeah, 2020 vision, I guess. It's uh, it's very strange. Yeah. 
Oh, man. Um, so we have Brie Bella versus Jacqueline for the WWF Women's Championship. Good back and forth. Late in the match, Brie almost seems to have Jacqueline uh, finished. But all of a sudden, the hooded woman returns. It's Wendy Rector. Hey. <laughs> she ruins this championship match, taking out both Brie and Jacqueline, holding up the championship and then throwing it down, stomping on it, and fleeing through the crowd. Bloody, re- bloody Wendy, I tell ya. So it's ruled a no contest, meaning that even though Jacqueline did, didn't did win, she hasn't lost, so she's not ineligible for 12 months. Ah. Yes. Uh, and main event is our World Heavyweight Championship match, which sees the dual champion Bret Hart defending only the World Championship. He is still the Intercontinental Champion against the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, this is sort of the match you wouldn't expect from a WWF Dusty. It's a lot more technical. I forgot to ask earlier, so I'm guessing the dusty roads you're picturing when you're booking this has yellow polka dots, right? <laughs> not quite, not quite. Okay, good, good. I was, I was thinking more, um, you know, just plain black trunks and his good. usual attires is uh, what he wore in his later years on NXT, his sort of cowboy attire. Yep, yep, I'm fine with that. Thank God you're not booking polka dot bus Dusty in your mind. You can still give him, like, in your mind, still give him the awesome WWF theme song. Just don't give him the polka dots. Needs more cowbell, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> <laughs> no? It's just coming, man. Oh, what God. Anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah, a lot more technical than one would expect from a Dusty Rhodes, but Brett gets the upper hand here, somehow managed to surprise the shot, the sharpshooter and gets a submission win over Dusty to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. Post-match, there's a sign of respect between the two wrestlers. As Dusty leaves, Brett celebrates in the ring and we go off the air, heading towards No Mercy next month. Very good. A small part of me wanted Dusty to win. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I'm just dusty biased. I'm Rhodes family biased. Let's be real. Yeah, <laughs> that and horrible tattoos. <laughs> At least Dusty didn't have any bad tats. No. Does Dustin? Oh yeah, he has his full sleeve thing. I'm sure there's something bad on that sleeve. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, WCW, take it away, sir. Yeah, well, I was just thinking, if Dusty did like a Cody and, like, had a tribute to his father on his chest as a tattoo, but Dusty just had plumber written on the chest. Yeah. Yeah, son of a plumber. Um, all right. NWO sold out. The tagline is, paint it black. 
And it is our theme song for this month. Thank you, the Rolling Stones. Uh, we are live from the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, yes, like I said, theme song is Painted Black by the Rolling Stones. We get the black ring with the NWO logo in the middle of the ring, and we open up this show with... Yes, that's the NWO music. Uh, I noticed on the last episode of the podcast, sometimes when I play the music over my microphone, it sort of cuts in and out. So sorry. Um, <laughs> we open up with all them, uh, all the NWO members with all their titles, welcoming everyone to Sold Out. Scott Hall says, survey time. Is everybody here to see the WCW? Crowd booze. Is everybody here to see the Ed W? Oh. Crowd cheers. Hall says, one more for the good guys. Commentators JR, Ventura, and Heenan are shocked and appalled by how pro NWO this crowd is. But that sort of gives you an illustration of this sort of smart crowd here in Chicago. And we kick off the night's matches with a number one contender tournament quarterfinal match. It's the big boss man with Sherry Martell in his corner versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ten minute back and forth match. Finish comes when Sherry has the referee distracted and Randy Savage runs down. He throws the nightstick to boss man, but Austin intercepts it and takes an Adam Gilchrist-like catch and levels Boss Man with the nightstick and then hits the stunner for the win. Savage is furious outside of the ring. Austin advances to the semifinals next month. Another quarterfinal match. The winner of this match will take on Steve Austin at next month's pay-per-view, Halloween Havoc. Rikishi versus the Ultimate Warrior. Hard-hitting 10-minute match. Finish comes when Fuji distracts the referee and the Ultimate Warrior throws salt in the eyes of Rikishi and somehow manages to get Rikishi up for the Tombstone Piledriver for the win. After the match, Warrior goes to continue his assault on the ankle of Rikishi, but the lights go out! The lights come back on and Rikishi is gone. All of a sudden, something's falling from the ceiling on top of Warrior. Cameras zoom in. It's a bunch of scorpions, but they're dead. It's like dead scorpions dropping. You could call it a scorpion death drop. <laughs> what does this mean? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got it a little after you said it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, continue, concert. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Um, what does this mean? Warrior and Fuji retreat next month 
at Halloween Havoc in the semi-finals of the tournament, it will be a never-before-seen match, the Ultimate Warrior versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. We now get the fabulous Freebirds, Hayes and Gordy versus the Rude Dudes, Rick Rude and Dude Love. This is an eight-minute match. Finish comes when Rude throws Gordy to the outside and has Hayes in the Rude Awakening neckbreaker position. And Dude Love, who is the legal man, locks the mandible claw on Hayes whilst Rude drops Hayes in the Rude Awakening simultaneously whilst Dude has the mandible claw locked on. Commentators call this move the Dude Awakening. Dude Love keeps the claw locked on for the three count, and the Rude Dudes get the win here with the debut of their new finisher, the Dude Awakening. So many puns to be made just by crossing these two wrestlers together. <laughs> um, backstage, Mean Jean is with Miss Elizabeth, who announces... Oh, sorry, I just started laughing again about the Scorpion Death Drop thing. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever written. Um, Main Jeans with Miss Elizabeth, who announces that the winner of tonight's tag title match will take on the Dudley boys for the titles next month. As we already sort of know, I don't know why I wrote that again. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it's now time for Goldberg versus DDP in another quarterfinal match. DDP comes out with his ribs heavily taped up he comes through the crowd. As we all know, he is the people's champion, the first people's champion, if you recall. So, yeah, just an argument I've had with someone in the past. DDP was called the people's champion in wrestling first. Um, the people's champ? Yeah, DDP was called that first before Dwayne was. Oh, wow, there you go. Yeah, he was called that in, like, 97 or... Yeah, like early 97. 10-minute um, match. And the finish comes when DDP dodges the spear and Goldberg accidentally hits the ref with the spear. DDP hits the diamond cutter on Goldberg and has Goldberg pinned. But DDP realizes the ref is laid out. He tries to wake up the ref. Out of nowhere, Shawn Michaels runs down. He super kicks DDP. He then wakes up the ref. Goldberg picks up DDP, hits the jackhammer for the win, advances to the semi-final of the tournament at Halloween Havoc. It's now time for the final quarterfinal match. This time it's a hardcore title match between Ron Simmons and Randy Savage. Randy Savage comes out first and then Simmons. Simmons doesn't make it halfway down the ramp before Savage attacks him and the match begins. Lots of weapons in this match. Chairs, trash cans, trash can lids, kendo sticks, cookie sheets, all the plunder. About 10 minutes into the match, both men are bleeding. The finish comes after 20 minutes of violent action when S Simmons has a table set up outside the ring. Sherry tries to get involved on the apron, but Simmons grabs her. Savage goes to attack Simmons, but Simmons moves and Savage accidentally knocks Sherry off the apron through the table outside. 
Savage looks shocked, turns around into a dominator for the three count, and Simmons advances to the semifinals at Halloween Havoc. Simmons is celebrating, but his opponent at Halloween Havoc, Goldberg, runs down, spears Simmons, and hits a jackhammer through a table that was already set up in the ring, and he walks away. Commentators say that Goldberg could have pinned Simmons for the hardcore title then and there, but perhaps that's not what Sean pays him for. Next month, it will be Simmons versus Goldberg at Halloween Havoc. A laid out Simmons is in the ring, but out of nowhere, Eddie Guerrero runs down. He climbs up, hits a huge frog splash on Simmons and pins Ron Simmons, and Eddie Guerrero is your new hardcore champion. Uh, as you recall, the hardcore title is no longer 24-7, but every pay-per-view, the hardcore title is up for grabs for the entirety of the pay-per-view. Uh, Eddie grabs the title and runs out of the arena. Main Gene announces backstage that at Halloween Havoc next month, it's official Goldberg versus Ron Simmons and Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Ultimate Warrior. He also announces that these two se- semi oh sorry he also announces that these two semi-final matches will take place under the conditions of Chris Thunder's favorite gimmick spin the wheel make the deal The next match is for the WCW World Tag Team Championships the Outsiders defending against the Brain Busters. This is a lengthy 25-minute match with the brains, uh, with the Brain Busters selling for a lot of the match. Finish comes when Kevin Nash has Tully set up for the jackknife, but Arn runs in, chop blocks Nash. He whips Nash into the ropes and Hall gets the blind tag. Arn hits the spine buster on Nash, but Hall runs in, throws Arn out. Arn lands badly outside the ring. Looks like he's tweaked his knee, and the ref checks on him. Tully goes into his tights for the roll of quarters, but Hall low blows Tully and hits the outsider's edge for the three count. The outsiders, with some underhanded tactics, get the win, and it's official next month. It'll be the outsiders versus the Dudley Boys at Halloween Havoc. <sighs> WCW Women's Championship is up next. Beth Phoenix defends against Lita. 15-minute match. Lita comes out on fire. She's very aggressive. She's been dominant for the majority of this match. Lita hits the moonsault on Beth, but out of nowhere, Edge comes down, spears Lita, and it's an immediate DQ. Ric Flair quickly runs down to save Lita, but Edge and Beth retreat. So still your women's champion, Beth Phoenix. Miss Elizabeth announces that next month, regardless of what happens in the main event tonight, because of the actions tonight, it will be Shawn Michaels versus DDP and a special mixed tag match between Flair and Lita versus Beth and Edge. If Flair wins the title tonight, both the... Both the world and women's titles will be on the line in the mixed tag match. If Sean wins tonight, Sean versus DDP will be for the world title at Halloween Havoc. Uh, 
Edge versus Barry Windham for the US title. 20 minute back and forth match. The finish comes when Edge is about to hit the spear on Windham. But Arn Anderson runs down. He distracts the referee. And Tully runs in and goes to hit Edge with the roll of quarters. But Edge ducks and Tully hits Windham. Then Edge spears Tully and pins Windham for the three count and is still US champ. After the match, Arn yells at Tully and it looks like they're about to come to blows, but Wyndham gets up and sucker punches both men and leaves. Jesse Ventura is in the ring for what he is calling uh, what has been hyped up as the biggest talent acquisition in wrestling history. He says that we saw the teaser at the end of last month's pay-per-view and it's time for the signing to be officially announced. WCW has signed the biggest star in pop culture and a guy that I have worked with multiple times in my career. So without further ado, come on out. Wait a minute, brother. You want to talk about pop culture superstars, uh huh? Macho Man Randy Savage interrupts. You want to tease movie stars, huh? Well, I happen to know a guy, and I was in Spider-Man, huh? This has been the worst night of my life, and I'm not going to let you make this any worse. <coughs> oh my god, that act, that impression kills my throat so i'm gonna drop that accent for the rest of this promo um this being the worst night of my life i'm not gonna let you make this any worse savage pushes ventura into a corner savage threatens to hit ventura to hit ventura but we hear a motorcycle revving and music playing The motorcycle drives down the ramp. And you guessed it. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's Arnie. Ventura and Arnie are standing on each side of Savage. Ventura says, Mr. Savage, allow me to introduce to you the newest WCW superstar. My good friend who I've done three movies with. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold's pumped up. He's hyping up the crowd, gesturing at him. Savage says, When I said a few weeks ago, I made a new friend in Hollywood, I wasn't joking. When I was talking about pop culture stars and a movie star, I wasn't talking about me. I was talking about him. Savage points to the ramp. It's Batista! Batista is here in WCW. That is what I got out of a recent trade, humans. Um, 
Batista comes down. Savage and Ventura have a stare down. Batista and Arnie have a stare down. Savage and Batista simultaneously low blow Arnie and Ventura. Batista hits a huge Batista bomb on Arnold Schwarzenegger. Savage pile drives Ventura. Batista gets a chair, repeatedly beats Arnie and Ventura with the chair. Batista puts the chair around Ventura's neck and Savage hits a huge elbow drop across the neck of Ventura. Batista yells at Savage, Give me what I want! Give me what I want! Savage gives the microphone to Batista and says, That's what I wanted! You two washed-up movie stars better put some respect on our names. We are stars in Marvel movies. The hottest brand in movies. We're superheroes. From now on, I have Randy's back. I guess you can call us the Savage Animals. Batista then picks up Arnie for another Batista bomb, but this time he hits it on top of the unfolded chair. Both Arnie and Ventura stretched out of the arena, and the Savage Animals has formed. I'll wait for your reaction. <laughs> yeah, I like that, man. That's a very good, good play on words as well. <laughs> I'm always looking for those puns for team names. Um, for the for the main event, it's just Bobby Heenan and Jim Ross on commentary. Obviously, Ventura's a bit beat up. It's main event time. World Heavyweight Championship. Shawn Michaels defends against the nature boy, Ric Flair. Uh, this is a long, long 45-minute classic match. Ric Flair actually hits a top rope crossbody on Michaels. He actually hit a top rope move. He has Shawn set up for the figure four. He has it locked in. Beth comes out, distracts the referee. Leader jumps Beth, but while the referee is distracted, Edge runs in and smashes a chair over Flair's head, and Flair's a bloody mess. Sean finally gets up. He's tuning the band. Flair finally gets up, and Sean says, I'm sorry. I hate you. And he sweet in music's flair and pins him for the win. Flair is officially one and done. All of the NWO come out to celebrate, but out come the Dudleys and DDP, but the numbers are too great. Uh, those three men are future opponents for the NWO. The NWO lay out everyone. NWO celebrate by hoisting up Sean above their heads as we fade to credits. Uh, Chris loves some ACDC songs in wrestling. We would like to thank ACDC for the use of their song Back in Black for the credits. The credits just repeatedly credit NWO for everything. Producer, NWO. Director, NWO. Grip, NWO. You get the picture. The credits fade out. And we see a dark, rainy alleyway. 
We see the dark silhouette of a man in a trench coat walking through the alleyway. There's a lot of posters on the brick wall in the alleyway. He stops at a particular poster and it, and we zoom in. It's a poster for Halloween Havoc. We see a baseball bat tap the poster and the bat slowly rips the poster off the wall. And we fade to black to end the show with that post-credit teaser. Alright. <laughs> Sorry, I, like... I thought you had more to add. Yeah, that's a really good tease. <laughs> yeah, I've really enjoyed doing the post-credit thing last month, but I also was like, oh, I can't just do the post-credit thing once. It has to be so for it to have made sense in the scheme of things, it has to be a common thing. So I have to do the credits at least one more month, and this was another chance to do another post-credit scene. Very good, sir. Um, <clears throat> I really like your show. I like yeah, why I... you brought in uh, Blue Taster there. Yeah, brought him in. Um, the debut of Arnie, unfortunately, didn't go as expected. Uh, looks like a bit of a friendship between him and Jesse Ventura. Of course, those two guys have starred in uh, Predator together and The Running Man, and they were both even in Batman and Robin, but Ventura had a very small part in that. Ah, okay. Yeah, so they've had three movies together. I I had to Google search that one. I knew they had a few. Okay. Yeah, I was also that. There's also a tie-in that they were both governors. <laughs> yeah, I, I was aware of that. Yeah. Uh, I could possibly do something with that later. <laughs> yeah, so we had that happen. Um, we had the, the Scorpion death drop. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed that, man. Sorry, it was one of those lines that sat there. It was with me, and then it was like, oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's a creeper that one. Yeah. So, do you want to explain to the humans what happened with your car before we get to the twists? Yeah. Um. I, I thought you had a fantastic pay per view. That's for sure. But yeah, yeah. It, I definitely made chicken salad out of that chicken stuff again. Yeah, man. Um. Yeah, that's what a lot of this is after you get a couple of twists. Um. So, yeah, I did allude to it on that something to fantasy book with that um, I did have plans for Sean. I did have plans for him at SummerSlam where he was going to uh, have a title and then lose a title and then not have a championship and have DX turn on him. That was all going to happen last month at the end of the pay-per-view leading into... DX turning on Sean throughout this entire month. Hence why I kept the little we'll see you at the Alamo. <laughs> and because of uh... that, Brett was going to win the world champ. Uh, like Sean was going to win the um, King of the Ring off of um, Brett 
and then Brett was going to win the thing against Booker. So then they were going to challenge each other going into SummerSlam for a winner-take-all where they would have mm. faced each other earlier in the year as well because I lost him pretty early. So I was going to be one apiece and both of them champs now. Ah, okay. Yep. Yeah, with that, also I burnt through a Road Warriors match a month early because I did the Hell in the Cell a month early. Yep. Um, the hardcore title I've got, I shouldn't have until next month. Oh, man. Um, so yeah. that, that would have been set up the little seeds on the pre-show of this. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, a, a lot of stuff, like, because I would have had it building up on Raw going into this, I've just completely gutted. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um like like I've said before, the Bradshaw retirement twist really screwed up everything for me as well. Um, I've sort of just had to do the that sort of I sort of had to hot shot the Ron Simmons leaving the Savage Posse storyline and him becoming hardcore champ and now Eddie Guerrero's hardcore champ. Like none of that was meant to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was meant to be Bradshaw and Farouk like slowly dominating the tag team division and probably on this pay-per-view uh randy savage was going to debut a new new partner sort of like what he did with batista it was going to be someone else in fact someone that i traded away to get batista and yeah and um and i i just didn't want to turn that particular person in that direction so i was just like oh he's a huge star we'll see if i can get batista because there's the whole marvel movie tie-in and you know that sort of stuff yeah um so so on this pay-per-view the role of ventura and arnie would have been bradshaw and farouk oh wow yeah and ventura and arnie like being a thing would have would have not happened until like a month before like the end of the year because we would have had to do a couple of months of like Savage and his partner versus Bradshaw and Farouk. Fair enough, man. Um, anything else you want to touch on, or should we get the twist in? Uh, let's um, let's twist on, man. All right. Get the video scope set up, as Macho Man would say, so you can see my ugly face, so you know I'm not doing any shenanigans. All right. Um, you went first, so that means I go first. Yes. Yep. Oh, hang on, hang on. Yes, Alex goes first. <laughs> yeah, you get you can have two twists in a row. Random reagent, boring. <laughs> All right. Is there one in there that you definitely want without saying who? There's like two or three I definitely 
have ideas for. Yeah. Yeah, probably like four. Okay. Come on, Bruce Brody. That would be nice. <laughs> Oh, that'll be hard. Oh, man, that might change my R block plans if I win. Because uh, <laughs> there's, yeah. Stuff? There's, yeah, there's stuff. Yeah, I don't even need to say too much. Um, to give the listeners a hint, I just drew a guy that's, a very famous manager, but only famous for managing a few guys. Oh, oh, yes, uh, yes, I'm, I know who. <laughs> uh, I've got, I've got some ideas, but yeah. Alrighty, double dipping this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get your lucky double dip. I want one of those ones where I draw out something against you, where I pick your gimmick or pay per view or something. That would be nice. Because I haven't had one of those yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That I would actually love that too. That would be really good for this month because like Halloween Havoc's coming up and I can just throw gimmicks on top of gimmicks for no reason. Um, Bro. All right. <laughs> it was... Um, Bound to happen at some point, right? Wait, I gotta do the proper introduction for this. Listen, bro. They're not gonna like this, bro. You gotta swerve them, bro. <laughs> Go on, explain it. Uh gotta pull up the little twist list Ooh, my wait, who is it for? It is for you. Um it is. Vince Russo has been given oh, this is called Russo time. Vince Russo has been given the book for one of your pay-per-view matches. Book a match of your choice at your pay-per-view as if you're Vince Russo. Your opposing booker decides if it's up to Vince Russo's standards enough. If that person decides it's not Russo enough, they have to rebook the match for you on the spot and you get no say in the finish. Oh, man. Yeah, just book um, a normal, normal match so I can book a match on the spot. Is this for next month? Yeah, for next month. Just add an extra match to your card that you don't care about. I might let you do that in the post-credits if my particular match isn't that good. All right. It was only a matter of time before one of us drew it. I've really wanted it to be me because God knows I've done some very Russo-like stuff already. <laughs> All we right. need that. Um, do you watch any of the? Um, was it not what culture? Cultaholic. Yeah. It's John o'clock, mother. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh oh. <laughs> this is huge. Hang on, hang on. I need full screen for this then. Oh, for fuck's sake. Get out. <laughs> this could stuff me up too. Okay, read it out so everyone can hear. 
random trade. Um, I guess you just reach into the pools and pull one out for me and then pull one out for you. Is that how it works? Yeah. Champs exempt? Champs exempt. So if one of us gets a champ, is that a block for both? I think we've discussed before it's a block for one. Yeah, but we haven't discussed this random trade one. I know that. So is it a block for the entire trade or will one of us go if the other one's a trade? You know what? If you pull out a champ, you have to pull someone else out. Okay, that sounds fair then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I'm doing twists first today, so I'll rip the bandaid off and draw my oh, giveaway WCW first. Going first. Yep. God, God no, God. God, there goes my Starcade match planned. Oh no. No. Um I guess we keep that a secret, but there goes yeah. my four there goes the four way match I had planned for Starcade between four people. You never know, I might offer you a trade back depending on what I get. Oh god. Oh, I don't know if that's fair. Why you do this to me? All right, you can cancel some of this out. I will trade this guy back to you. For the Harlem Heat. <laughs> I will give you this guy and any woman that isn't Trish Beth or Lita. Fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. I mean, bugger. Uh, I don't really want him. Well, then I'll trade you the one I had back. I've got to double check the rule for the forced trade because surely we have to leave it for a month to think about. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Where's random trade? As we uh, wait, dear listener, Alex is just consulting with the uh, third umpire's rule book, so we uh, have drinks on the field at the moment. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, the trade has to stand for at least a month. Okay, so I've got... You know what? Oh, bugger it, that's not even who I wanted out of your roster. This guy's going into your roster tub, and this guy's going into mine. Um, oh man, I was going to release some people today, but I don't think I'm going to now. 
hang on to some traders. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna get rid of a couple of fellas and see if I could get a couple of the people in the free agent pool I wanted. Because as as you and I have discussed off air, the tag teams that were part of one card are now split up into singles. So there's no more of the the WWE rule of injuries where if one member of a tag team is injured, both are. This time it's everyone split up. That's how Bradshaw retired and Farouk didn't. I forgot to explain that on that something to fantasy book with episode, but yeah, all the tag teams are split up now. What about in the roster tubs? What about the um the 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 uh free agents? Are they still tags until drafted? They are tags until everything's tags until drafted. I think there's only like three tag teams in there. One of them was on my roster. Ah. Ah, I see. <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose we should uh, finish oh, up. It's getting a bit late. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give it a couple of episodes, and you can you can have the guy I got back, but it might cost you. <laughs> oh, how do I know that happened? <laughs> oh man, what am I? Um, oh, my whole storyline for Starcade makes no sense without the guy I just lost. You could always oh. say that he's just injured for a month. It could have been any of the the other three oh but this guy was the match lighting the fire for this confrontation oh bugger um i think we both got screwed yeah to, to be fair i think i got screwed by not getting the russo time card because i would have loved that i also kind of got a free agent i can't really do anything with if i don't win the r block <laughs> Yeah. Oh well, we'll we'll see. Yeah. Speaking of which, that's this weekend. Oh man. Yeah, I'm I'm actually gonna watch that. Do yeah. you still have your picks written down? I do not, but I I've made all my picks on the air just off the top of my head. I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea if I have anyone in the finals of either tournament. I think I do. I think you do. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. But I suppose before we get to sidetrack, Alex, where can the good humans find you? Yeah, find me Instagram, Twitter at Fruity is Alex. You can find us on. Instagram and Twitter at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS. Search us up on Facebook, Wrestling Style. And where can the good humans find you, sir? Yes, at I am Chris Funder, not at Alex's Chris Funder. <laughs> Man, oh, this whole episode has just piped, piped up my energy levels because at the start of this episode, I had no idea what was going on with the world. No. <laughs> I just, I just, um, yeah, just got back from the gym, uh, jumped in, I almost said dumped in, jumped in the pool for for a five-minute dip and then had a shower. I was half asleep. 
But now I'm all fired up. I think I might start riding another show. I love oh. this so much. What have I done? <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, well. Hey, um, if, if I only have him for a short time, I might as well use him, right? Uh, maybe? <laughs> I actually got... I've just got a brainwave. Okay. Anyway, you can listen back to the entire Wrestling All-Star archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. Get it? Like, dead scorpions dropping? Scorpion death drop! Ha! Ha!